struggling to heal after the betrayal from a narcissist. Betrayal is an incredibly powerful wound that puts us in a place where we might not have ever been before. Our trust is broken. Our hearts are broken. How could they becomes our mantra that we say every day. Who does this? The betrayals that we see with narcissistic abuse are lying and cheating and smearing and hiding money and, and making false allegations against you that just simply aren't true. There's much worse ones like calling child protective services, getting you committed, having you arrested. These things are not normal things. And so you are going to be experiencing the pain of betrayal in so many ways. And I have a guest today um, who's a friend of mine, Debbie Spiller, and she is going to teach us about betrayal and how to heal from it. She is the founder. I want to read this to you. She's the founder of the BPT, which is Post-Betrayal Transformation Institute. She's a holistic psychologist, and um, she's the author of Trust Again, which is a book I'm going to hold up right now. Loving this book. I want you all to get it if you're struggling with this. Um, she's been on Fox, and she's been on CBS, and she's been on you know, the Dr. Oz show, and she's done two TED Talks. And all of that, she has created this institute where people can heal from betrayal. That's the most important thing that you guys need to know about her credentials today is that she knows this stuff. And she's going to talk to us about a survey that she did and some of the things that I was shocked to hear, which is how long it can take to recover from this if you don't actually follow the, the path. I have so many clients that are 10, 15 years out of their divorce or out of their relationship, and they're still holding on to the betrayal and they can't move forward. They're stuck. Debbie's going to teach us how to get unstuck and a lot of statistics and a lot of information. So hang in there, guys. We're going to go listen and meet Debbie, and we're going to learn how to heal from betrayal after a narcissistic relationship. Welcome, Debbie. It's so nice to see you again. So great to see you. Looking forward to our conversation. I know it's such a hot topic. You know, betrayal is something that any victim of narcissist has. And it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, there's one way, like there's almost two camps. If you are in a relationship, you have betrayals of porn and infidelity and, you know, all of that stuff. But you also have betrayal in families where there's smear campaigns, where there's lies about you. So there's always that factor of betrayal in. I don't think any narcissistic abuse relationship, it's always there, but um, you're the expert on betrayal and you're the founder of the, the you can tell us about the, the tra trauma betrayal network. You'll tell us about that in a minute, but um, let's start off by talking about, um, you know, how does this betrayal impact somebody? You know, we know it hurts, but what are the wounds that get created because of this betrayal? Yeah. And, and just so we have context here, you know, of course, no one studies betrayal unless you have to, <laughs> you know, it's not like, oh, I think I didn't want to study betrayal. No. So it, it, I had a really painful betrayal from my family, thought I did everything I needed to do to heal from that happened a few years later. This time it was my husband. That was the deal breaker. Got him out of the house, looked at the two experiences thinking, well, what's similar to these two? Of course, me, but what else? And realized, you know, boundaries were always getting crossed and never took my needs seriously. And I'm one of those people that really feels, you know, if nothing changes, nothing changes. So here it was, four kids, six dogs, a thriving business. And I decided to go back for a PhD in transpersonal psychology, the psychology of 
transformation and change because I was changing so much. I didn't quite understand what was happening. He was too, wasn't ready to look at that. And then it was time to do a study. So I studied betrayal. What holds us back? What helps us heal? And what happens to us physically, mentally, and emotionally when the people closest to us lie, cheat, and deceive? That study led to three groundbreaking discoveries, which changed my health, my family, my work, my life. But to answer your question, the reason why betrayal hurts us to the level that it does is because think about it. This was the person, these were the people who gave us a sense of safety and security. So when this is the person, these are the people to shatter that very sense of safety and security, it's traumatizing. You know, if the people we trust the most prove untrustworthy, who do we trust? If the ones we run to when other people are causing harm, when they're the ones causing the harm, where do we go? Absolutely traumatizing to the body, mind, and heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you said, you talked about the three discoveries. What are those? Cause I'm curious. Yeah. So originally I was studying betrayal and post-traumatic growth and post-traumatic growth. Uh, for those who aren't familiar, it's, if you can imagine sort of an upside of trauma, how any trauma, death of a loved one, disease, natural disaster, whatever leaves you with a new insight awareness perspective you didn't have before. But I had been through death of a loved one and I'd been through disease and I was like, nope, betrayal feels very different for me. I didn't want to assume it was the same for everyone in my study. So I asked them, if you've been through other traumas besides betrayal, does it feel different for you unanimously? They said, oh my gosh, it's so different. And here's why. Because it feels so intentional, we take it so personally. So the entire self gets shattered and has to be rebuilt. Rejection, abandonment, belonging, confidence, worthiness, trust, right? When you lose someone you love, you grieve, you're sad, you mourn the loss. You don't necessarily question the entire relationship. You don't question your ability to trust. You don't question your sanity with betrayal you do. So that betrayal is a different type of trauma mm -hmm. was the first discovery. So that type of trauma needed its own name, which is now called post-betrayal transformation. So that's the complete and total rebuild of your life and yourself after betrayal. When you've done that, you've experienced post-betrayal transformation. So that was the first discovery. All right. And that's so powerful. Um, I, I, I heard myself in what you were saying. I mean, I'm like a completely different person because of the growth that I have done after all the betrayals and, you know, just even being strong enough to, to, you know, oust out and go no contact with my last family member um, is, is, is still something I wouldn't have had the courage to do and hadn't in 62 years be able to say, I can't do this anymore. This is too much betrayal. I have no commitment to you, right? So it, it, it's helped me in so many different ways to grow afterwards. Um, but, you know, when we're talking about doing the work, mm -hmm. what's doing the work to transform into something after this kind of betrayal. Yeah. And it does take work. And it's the, what I tell members within the PBT Institute, Post-Betrayal Transformation Institute, it's the hardest and the most transformative work you'll ever do. Because, you know, you are healing from one of the most painful of the human experiences, you know? So, and then I'll, I'll let me get to the second discovery because you'll see what's left in the wake of a betrayal. Okay, good. And then what you need to clean up. So the good news is you can heal from all of it. So the second discovery was that there's actually a collection of symptoms 
physical, mental, and emotional. So common to betrayal, it's known as post-betrayal syndrome. And we've had over, I don't know, 95,000 people take our post-betrayal syndrome quiz to see to what extent they're struggling. A few things about that. The first thing is we've been taught time heals all wounds. I have the proof that when it comes to betrayal, that's not true. You know, because there's a question on the quiz that says, is there anything else you'd like to share? And people write things like, my betrayal happened 35 years ago. I'm unwilling to trust. My betrayal happened 15 years ago. It feels like it happened yesterday. So we know when it comes to healing from betrayal, healing needs to be deliberate and intentional. Otherwise, we do not heal from it. Mm -hmm. And I can share what an unhealed betrayal looks like, but I'm happy to share some of the statistics from the quiz if you want to hear them. Yeah, I'd love to know. Okay, because Tracy, that would have been really awkward if you said no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh no, of course we do. Yes, give it to me. Okay, so now imagine men, women, almost every age is represented, almost every country is represented. So out of you know 95,000 uh, plus people, 78% constantly revisit their experience. 81% feel a loss of personal power. 80% are hypervigilant. I mean, think about how uncomfortable that is. 94% deal with painful triggers. If you've had a trigger, you know it, it could be debilitating. The most common physical symptoms, 71% have low energy, 68% have sleep issues, 63% have extreme fatigue. You could sleep a whole night, wake up, you're exhausted. Your adrenals have tanked. 47% have weight changes. So maybe in the beginning, you can't hold food down. Later on, you're emotionally eating, you're using food for comfort. 45% have a digestive issue. And that could be anything, Crohn's, IBS, diverticulitis, constipation, diarrhea, bloating, you name it. The most common mental symptoms, 78% are overwhelmed. 70% are walking around in a state of disbelief. 68% can't focus. 64% are in shock. 62% can't concentrate. So imagine you can't concentrate. You're absolutely exhausted. You're emotionally eating. You have a gut issue. You still have to raise your kids. Like you still have to work. That's not even the emotional issues. Emotionally, 88% experience extreme sadness. 83% are very angry. Common to bounce back and forth between those two all day long. 82% are hurt. 80% have anxiety. 79% are stressed. Just a few more. Here's why I wrote the book, Trust Again. 84% have an inability to trust. I mean, that just killed me. 67% prevent themselves from forming deep relationships because they're afraid of being hurt again. 82% find it hard to move forward and 90% want to move forward, but they don't know how. Wow. You know, you know what's even crazier about those stats? You didn't hear me read one stat that was like 20%, 30%. Here's what's even crazier. The numbers are so high. Get ready, everybody. They're not even necessarily from a recent betrayal. This is from your parent who did something awful when you were a kid. This is from the girlfriend or boyfriend who broke your heart in high school. So think about this. That person may not know, care, remember, they may not even be alive. And here we are, decades later, walking around with these symptoms because of that unhealed betrayal from years, if not decades ago. The good news is you can heal from all of it. And that's the amazing part. Like those numbers are staggering, but that's what I see on my screen every day. That's yeah. the people that are, you know, uh, unable to, to move, you know, unable to sleep. Again, the, the, the heavy, the, the skinny, you know, I have so many people that like, 
barely eat and don't remember. So when I was going through my first divorce, I had to join or my friend made me join. I was working for a big company there and they had a, a Weight Watchers come into and they made me go with them so that I would remember to eat something. Mm. Like I was like down from a 12 to a six and I was just like emaciated. And now I found all that. I didn't lose it. It came right back. Right. But that, that, that whole trauma of, of not even wanting to get out of bed. We have people that are in that, but you know, I have your book here and I love it. Um, I love to talk about trust because trust is the, the core, right? I mean, it's so hard when you said that 84%, that number, I don't know if it was the highest, but it got my pen. I'm like, give me a piece of paper. That was yeah. an awesome number, right? Because it is so true. And mm -hmm. every victim like experiences this. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, and they experience it in uh, one spot in the third discovery which was the most exciting. And what was discovered was while we can stay stuck for years, decades, a lifetime, and we know so many people who do, mm -hmm. if we're going to fully heal, and by fully heal, I mean symptoms of post-betrayal syndrome, like I just shared, to that fully healed, rebuilt place of post-betrayal transformation, we're going to go through five now proven predictable stages. And what's even more exciting about that is we know what happens physically, mentally, and emotionally at every stage. And we know what it takes to move from one stage to the next. Healing is entirely predictable. The people you're talking about, they are in stages two and three. And I'm happy to go through all the five stages if you want to hear them. I would love to. I just wrote, ask her about five stages. So please <laughs> tell us. Yeah. Because when you know, first of all, as I share the stages, think about where you are. People will know exactly where they are as I share them. So stage one is before it happens. And if you can imagine four legs of a table, the four legs being physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. What I found with everybody, me too, was real heavy lean on the physical and mental thinking and doing, and kind of neglecting or ignoring the emotional and the spiritual feeling and being. Well, if a table only has two legs, it's easy for that table to topple over. That's us, right? Stage two, shock, trauma, D-Day, discovery day. Mm -hmm. And this is uh, the breakdown of the body, the mind, and the worldview. Right, the scariest of all of the stages. Right here, you've ignited the stress response. You are now headed for every single stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease. Your mind is in a complete and total state of chaos and overwhelm. You cannot wrap your mind around what you just learned. This makes no sense. And your worldview has just been shattered. Your worldview is your mental model, the rules that govern us, that prevent chaos. Trust this person, don't go there, these are the rules. And in one earth shattering moment or series of moments, every rule you've held to be real and true is no longer. Yeah, the bottom has truly bottomed out on you and a new bottom hasn't been formed yet. So it's terrifying, but think about it. If the bottom were to bottom out on you, what would you do? You grab hold of anything or anyone you could to stay safe and stay alive. And that's stage three, survival instincts emerge. It's the most practical out of all of the stages. If you can't help me, get out of my way. How do I survive this? Who can I trust? Where do I live? How do I feed my kids? Here's the trap though. Stage three by far is the most common place we get stuck and I would, easily say the majority of people struggling with those symptoms of post-betrayal syndrome are in stage three. And here's why. 
Once you've figured out how to survive your experience, because it feels so much better than the shock and trauma of where you just came from, we think it's good. We're like, okay, I got this. But because we don't know there's anywhere else to go, we don't know there's a stage four or stage five, transformation doesn't even begin until stage four. But because we don't know there's anywhere else to go, we park here, we plant roots here, we're not supposed to, but we don't know that. And four things happen. The first thing is we start getting all those small self benefits, right? We get our story. We like our story. We get to be right. We get someone to blame. We get a target for our anger. We, we don't have to do the hard work of learning to trust again. Can I trust you? Should I trust you? I forget it. I'm not trusting anybody. So we plant deeper roots. Again, we're not supposed to, but we don't know that. And now because we're here longer than we should be, the mind starts doing things like, you know, maybe you're not all that great. Maybe you deserved it. Maybe this, maybe that. So we plant deeper roots. Now, because these are the thoughts you're thinking, well, this is the energy you're putting out. Like energy attracts like energy. So now you're attracting situations and circumstances and even relationships to confirm, yep, this is where you belong. Like the misery loves company crowd. They find you right here. This is where <laughs> they find you. It gets worse, but I'll get you out of here. Because it feels so bad, but we don't know there's anywhere else to go. Right here, we resign ourselves. We're like, this stinks, but I mean, I have to get through my day. I have to go to work. So right here is where we start using food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, mm -hmm. anything to numb, avoid, and distract ourselves from this painful place. So think about it. We do it for a day, a week, a month. Now it's a habit, a year, 10 years, 20 years. Tracy, I can see someone 20 years out and say, that emotional eating you're doing, that drinking, that numbing in front of the TV, do you think that has anything to do with your betrayal? And they would look at me like I'm crazy. They would say it happened 20 years ago. All they did was put themselves in stage three and stay there. That makes sense? Yeah, totally. And, and I see it all the time as well. Mm -hmm. um, so where's stage four? Like, wh what do they do after that? Because we're, we're sitting here and, and, you know, again, people get like, it doesn't feel like a call stage one and two to do the really sucky. And mm -hmm. you're like, you can finally breathe and you're yes. not in the hypervigilance. You're like, okay, this, this is as good as it gets. And you just put the pen down. Yeah, exactly. And the longer you're there, the more it becomes who you are, the more it becomes your identity. And then the harder it is to leave because you don't know who you'd be without this misery loves company group, without these new relationships, without your story. Mm -hmm. But if you're willing, willingness is a big word right here. If you're willing to let go of the story, grieve, mourn the loss, a bunch of things you need to do. You move to stage four. Stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal. So here's where you acknowledge, I can't undo what happened, but I control what I do with it. Right there in that decision, you're turning down the stress response. You're not healing just yet, but at least you stop the massive damage you've been creating in stages two and stage three. Stage four feels like if you've ever moved. If you've ever moved to a new house, office, condo, apartment, whatever, your stuff's not all there. It's not quite cozy yet, but you're like, okay, okay, we can do this. It has that kind of energy. It feels like that. But think about it. If you were to move, you don't bring everything with you. You don't bring the things that don't represent who you want to be in your new space. And what I found was uh, it's so interesting in this one spot going from stage three to stage four, if your friends weren't there for you, you don't take them with you. 
right here, you've outgrown them. And people say to me all the time, what the heck? I've had these friends 10, 20, 30 years. Is it me? Yes, it is. You're undergoing a transformation. And if they don't rise, they don't come. You just don't bring them. When you've settled into this new space, you've made it mentally cozy, you've made it home, you move into the fifth, most beautiful stage. And this is healing, rebirth, and a new worldview. The body starts to heal. Self-love, self-care, eating well, exercise, stuff like that. You didn't have the bandwidth for that earlier. Now you do. Your mind is healing. You're making new rules. You're making all kinds of new boundaries based on your experience. And you have a new worldview based on the road you just traveled. And the four legs of the table, in the beginning, it was all about the physical and the mental. By this point, we're solidly grounded because we're focused on the emotional and the spiritual too. Those are the five stages. Wow, that's absolutely so important. And people can read that on your website and, and where else can people get more stuff before we go to the next question because that is the meat of, of what you guys do. Yeah, I'll tell you, it's it's they're mapped down in trust again. It's all we do within the PBT Institute, where we have programs, we have you know everything to we have live classes, we have coaches, we have everything to to move someone predictably from one stage to the next. And all of our coaches are certified in the five stages. They all specialize in different things, narcissism or chronic pain or divorce or reconciliation or whatever it is, but they're all very well versed in the five stages. So when someone comes into the Institute, they, um, we easily know what stage they're in. And if let's say they're in stage two, they take the classes, they take the program, they'd see that coach, whatever, to get them to stage three. And then from stage three, the classes, the program, the coaches, the whatever, to get them to stage four and five. So they're on a track, moving them through the stages. Mm -hmm. And how long does that take for someone you know, it can be very quick. It's it's uh, like if someone is working, uh, just because I'm more familiar with them, the people that work with me, and I have a six month program. It's it happens in six months. Wow! And oh yeah, get people they, they, are sitting here stuck for 10, 15 years and going, this is as good as it gets. I'm just going to stay here. I'll never trust again. I call it the trust umbrella. Like I literally go when you walk around going, I'll never trust again manifest that baby because that's all you're getting you can't be negative talking to yourself about something like that because it really does it limits where you can go so that negative talk is really important to get a hold oh you're so right and i'll tell you it is very common uh when someone is in stage four or stage five and we see this all the time that's when they have new levels of health that's when they have new relationships with a completely transformed partner or with someone completely new, that's where they have new businesses get birth. Like the PBT Institute, that was a stage five thing. Mm -hmm. um, it is so common. When you are in stage two, you can, you're only thinking about how do I possibly survive this experience? When you're in stage three, you don't have access to, to everything waiting for you when you've you know, when you've let go of that trauma, like, think about it. I had my story. I had a, a very powerful story. All the people I ever really trusted and counted on betrayed me. And if I told you my story, I would have gotten lots of sympathy, but at the end of the day, that's all you get. Right. But it's such a better story when you let go of the old one for the idea that there's something so much better waiting for me. And I'll tell you, um, I don't know many people stronger than people who have healed from betrayal. Because think about it, you have, you know, this was that person, those people mm -hmm. that you just, you were like, you got me, right? 
Mm -hmm. I trust you wholly and completely. And when that person shatters your trust and you can build an entirely new version of you and rebuild everything that was shattered because of it, you are so strong, so healthy, so healed, so whole. I mean, we have people saying all the time, they even look different. Yeah. You know, when they, after their betrayal, it's like, it creates accelerated aging because your immune system is shot and all these things happen. And then all of a sudden they're like, I have that youthful glow back, you know, and it's just, there are so many benefits and so much greatness waiting for you, but it's, it's waiting for you in stages four and five. Yeah. And, and if, again, they've got to do the kind of work that you're describing mm -hmm. because who wants to be there living with three legs? 10 years from now, it's, it's a horrible existence. And again, what happens it, that I see with my clients is, is they shut themselves down. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they do give up the friends. There was lots of betrayal. If it was a divorce where they took sides and they don't have friends anymore and they were lied to and smeared. And so again, another population goes away from them and mm -hmm. then they're sitting there all alone and, and they just don't know where to go. And, and, and then, you know, exactly to what you're saying now they feel even more alone so they're seeking out people who get where they are and that's one of the biggest traps because there is such a different group waiting for you who will pull you through this place that you're in they think differently they act differently they behave differently and when you find those people you that's where you feel more confident in shifting and moving and growing. And if I tell you how many times I will see someone sabotaging their success because they don't want to outgrow that, you know, that betraying partner, that narcissist, they don't want to outgrow that, that negative crowd. So they will actually sabotage their, themselves, keeping them stuck. Only the only benefit being it's the known familiar. Absolutely. And again, when people are so like, again, they've been betrayed, they've been isolated, that latching onto that first level of friends, I did it. I had the single friends, you know, before that I was the soccer mom and dads and we had all the families over and, and that world ended very quickly. Right. But then I, I adopted these single people friends and they were good for a season, but as I grew and out, you know, evolved, I would say, because I'm not the same person I was 10 years ago. I am completely a different person, nor in that middle stage. Those people, I, I don't like what they say. I don't like the energy. It's the energy of the doomsday. And we'll all be single till we're 100 together. I don't want that. I want someone who's going to raise me up and be there and, and on a spiritual level, be able to, to help me grow, as you said, versus let's just plot our, our tent right here. We're in the single camp and we're never moving. We'll never trust. We're in it together. Let's just trust each other. And again, while they're not saying those words, that's the message that victims hear if they go into meeting these friends and taking that next step. But again, they don't have to be there forever. Like that was a season and you needed them to, to like maybe get some of that anger out, maybe see that I can have friends again, but we don't need to hold on to people longer because we molded to them there. If you grow beyond that and they're not supporting you, it is time to look for another tribe.
Exactly. And now you could have easily said, well, these are my people. I mean, this is, these are my friends now. And you could have very easily sabotaged your, your growth because, well, these are my, this is who I know. I don't know anybody else, but something in you said, even though I may not have that next level friendship, I may not know these people yet. These people are perfect for where I am right now, but not for where I'm headed. And you trusted yourself enough to say, I'm not going to sabotage my growth because of it. And that's a game changer. That was one of the most profound reasons why you moved out of stage three into stage four. Absolutely. And for me, um, last year was the the year and, and we're talking 10 years. My anniversary was this month, 10 year divorce. Um, last year was finding Tracy year. And I decided I'm going to go on vacations by myself. I'm going to like, you know, slay the dragon. I'm going to go on my own category and, and I'm going to meet new people. And I, I experienced this thing that was so amazing. It gave me more knowledge about myself than I ever knew, which gives me strength to go, this is who I am. And you know what? If, and, and, and I'll use one of these friends from the, the middle section there. And, and she's like, well, why don't you just carry a carry on? That's what I do. And I'm like, I'll never be that person. I don't want to be that person. I want to have the sweatshirt if it gets cold at night. That's who I am. And I'm not going to, I've learned from my mistakes and I've learned that this is who I am. So no one can take it away from me again. If you are sort of wishy-washy and you go with the next flow, I literally saw when I did all this work on myself to say, I just followed the crowd. I didn't have a voice. I just went along. Oh, you want to do that for a vacation? Okay, sounds good. You know, and now I'm like, no, that's not going to work for me. I, yeah. it's, it's learning and being able to identify. And again, seeing the shortcomings of those friends who were mad at me mm -hmm. for going on vacations by myself. Yeah. Why can't we come? I don't see the reason why we can't. And it was sort of like, that was the point is, you're not seeing that I need to do this and grow. And that was sort of the break where I said, yeah. that's over. I can't do this. Absolutely. And you see, and you can hear the new boundaries that have been put in place and the new strength that just shows up when you're deciding who do you want to, you know, who do you want to be now? And that's why the healing and everything that you're experiencing now is earned. It's earned. And, and when I said it from the beginning, healing is deliberate and intentional. It's really, it's like, you know, for anybody who remembers Legos, right? Well, my kids used to love Legos. Let's say there's this Lego structure sort of sitting in the corner of the room and then it's just shattered. You know, you walk into the room the next day and it's just in a million pieces. Healing from betrayal, recreating yourself in a totally different 2.0 version of you. It's like looking at that, the, the rubble, and saying, you know, I don't want to build that same thing again. I don't want to use that piece. I don't want to put, to put it together this way. I'm going to create something so magnificent and beautiful based on what I'm ready for now. And that's exactly what you've done. That's what, that's what post-betrayal transformation is. That's what it looks like. Yeah. And it feels really good and you know it and I know it. And it's like, I've never been happier. And, you know, while I spent most of my life looking for Prince Charming, finding that perfect partner, which didn't work out so well for me. But I, I was like, now, you know what? I know I am the perfect partner for someone. I don't care. I, I'm not going to settle. And so it's having that confidence to not allow, in this case, many people, 
I'm afraid I'll get another narcissist. You know what? When you are so strong in who you are and you have come to this stage for, when you have come to the place of like wholeness, if you would, mm -hmm. you're not going to settle. You're not going to. You'll have those boundaries built. You'll you'll understand what it is to be able to. I, I have a, a journal called uh, Trust Again Journal. You'll be able to track and go, well, you know what? They weren't really accountable there or they really didn't. They're not reliable. They don't listen to my boundaries. Is that enough to kick someone out of your life? Yeah. If you want someone that's going to actually be fair and kind. So knowing and tracking someone's trustability mm -hmm. going, oh, wow. Because all of my clients go, I wish I had known and you know kept track of all this abuse all along. Mm -hmm. uh, but we didn't because we didn't ex they think it would explode the way that these things do. But it's when we're building the trust back up, when we're putting our footprint in on safety, it mm -hmm. starts with trusting yourself. Can oh. you give us a couple trust tips? Yeah, sure. And, and trusting yourself is huge. And just to just to wrap up what you were talking about, you the way who you are now would attract a very different type of person mm -hmm. than than who you would have attracted, let's say, with that middle group. Right. It's just a different caliber. It's a different energy. It's a different everything. So yeah, when it comes to trusting again, you know, the the, the issue is what trust is so foundational. And when it shattered, we're in so much pain, we're so unhappy, we're so miserable. So we just uh, look to like, okay, fine, I'll just trust them again. We don't feel safe. We don't feel valued. And it just doesn't work. So, um, you know, I teach a four-part trust rebuilding process. I'll give it to you real quickly here. Because the foundation has been so rocked, it needs to be rebuilt. So you need to learn the, the basics again. And I'm talking basics like, will the sun rise? My trust was so shattered, I don't even know. So you go check. Is it there? There it is. Sure enough. Can I believe it? Mm, I don't know. Check again. You know, until you choose the most basic thing that you like, you know what? I can trust that. That's your foundation upon which to stand. That's the first level. Once that's been rebuilt and recreated, you go for the next level. And the next level is trust in something other, bigger than you. You know, it was interesting because in the study, people moved towards spirituality and either they moved toward the, towards the spiritual side of their religion. They left religion completely because they didn't feel it supported them. They weren't really doing much of anything. They moved towards spirituality. And I was like, well, what's up with that? Two things. Number one, we need a sense, <clears throat> excuse me, a sense of connectedness. And the second thing was we can't trust in the person we just trusted the most and who shattered our trust. We then we're like, well, if, you know, where was I? How did I not see? How did I not know? So if I can't trust in the person I trusted the most, and I don't even trust in myself any, anymore, how in the world can I trust in that person, that person, that person? So we venture, well, at least I can trust in something other bigger than me. Mm -hmm. So when you do that, you're starting to rebuild that sense of trust again in that way. And you also learn how to, how, you need to learn how to trust your gut again. You know, if we were to check in, we probably would have, you know, realized, you know, something just didn't feel right, but our, but we turned it down. We weren't ready or we didn't want to see or, or feel. So we have to learn to trust in that again. So, and, and trust in our intuition. So choose something that represents trust for you. Maybe two babies laughing, maybe your dog wagging his or her tail. That's what, that's maybe what trust feels like. How does it feel in your body? Open, expansive, calm. And then go back to a, a place where you couldn't trust. 
-hmm. D-Day, Discovery Day, someone was lying to you, whatever it was. How does that feel? Tight, closed, constricted, right? Mm -hmm. How does that feel? And then as you're moving through your day, which when you encounter different things, which one does it feel closer to? Trust that, trust that. Once that level two is built, now move on to the next level, which we have to rebuild tr trust in ourselves because self-trust is absolutely shattered. And the way to do that is give yourself little tasks and do them. I'm going to drink that glass of water and then you do. I'm going to go to the gym and then you do. I will not call my ex and then you don't. Whatever it is. And what you're doing is you're teaching yourself. If I say something, I mean it. My word is law. I am trustworthy. So now you see three levels have been built. That foundation, trust in something bigger other than you, trust in your gut, trust in yourself. Now from this place, you can slowly, carefully, cautiously trust in others. But you see what we typically do. We don't do those first three levels. We go right to trusting in other people and that foundation and everything else that's needed hasn't been built. Absolutely. I, 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 talk to my clients all the time. It's like, you do trust people. Do you trust a police officer if you got, had a car accident? Do you trust the babysitter? Do you trust the cleaning ladies that even if you're on the other side of the house that they're not going to steal something, right? Whatever it is, don't think it's all or nothing. You do trust. But again, identifying that and going, oh yeah, you're right. I, I do trust. I trust that sister. Maybe not that one. I trust this person, but not that person. And 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 then what 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 are they doing to, to show me that they're not trustworthy, listening, recording, going, I'm not going to forget that lesson again, right? Mm -hmm. And so it, it is something that is so big when it gets built back up and it, it can never be taken away from you again. Yes, people will try if you get back in the narcissist world, but you're not going to because of that evolution of going, I'm not going to tolerate this, you know, learning boundaries. Step 101 for my clients is, if you can't set a boundary, people will walk all over you. And therefore, those are some of the the, the, pot, the pillars, I would say, to mm -hmm. learning to trust again is if I set a boundary and they don't listen, I trust myself that I'll kick them out. Right? It's boom, boom, boom. Right? It's, it's, it's all part of the same structure. Mm -hmm. um, did we miss anything? Is there something else that you want to share about betrayal? Yeah, you know, I, I would say this. I've been there and I know how painful it is. And I know that from the place you're in now, you're like, I didn't deserve this. I didn't ask for this. I'm now in a club I never wanted to be in. I get it. And what I would say is, even though uh, it looks really bleak from where you are now and you can't imagine um, healing from it, there's a roadmap now and it's proven and it's predictable and it's the five stages. So if you are willing, realize that you're in stage three and just do the work to get to stage four and stage five and, and give yourself the, the, the worst of it has happened already. Give yourself the gift of what's waiting for you once you move past that trauma. Yeah. And I think it's envisioning that there is another tomorrow mm -hmm. and that's what people get stuck. Um, and, and so it's just like, open your imagination. What will it look like? Who will the people be in your life? when you're on that side of, of feeling safe, right? And knowing you've got a plan, if they turn out to not be safe, mm -hmm. that you'll kick them out, right? It's, it's, I don't have to collect people and friends or lovers or whatever. If they do me wrong, I'm not tolerating it. You know, whether it's a, one strike, you're out, two strikes, you're out. You just don't tolerate it. And then trust is built because 
They can do what they're going to do. Let them be them. But I trust myself that they're not staying. Exactly. Exactly. And I will say one more thing. If you have to repeat this a million times, it's worth it. Even though it happened to you, it's not about you. It's not. Mm. Believe it because it's true. And that's so important. Thank you so much, Debbie. This has been amazing. Where can people find you? Everything is at, thank you. Everything is at the PBT as in post-betrayal transformation, the pbtinstitute.com. Yes, we'll put a URL down below for anybody. That's going to lead you to her social. It's going to lead you to her book. I strongly re recommend if you are looking to trust again, this is my Bible for people now. And it's like, do not pass go. Like just read it, get it, understand it. And I would share if you're stuck in stage three from hardened to healed is specifically for stage three. Mm -hmm. So what people do is they'll read trust again and they'll say, oh, shoot, I'm in stage three, stage three, I'm coming for you in from hardened to healed. <laughs> that one I'm going to go order right now because I haven't had a chance to read it, but I'm going to go get it just to make sure that I can help people through from three to four and get them over to you to to, to go the distance and really move themselves out of this, you know, betrayal that they've experienced. And, and anyone with a narcissist knows there's nothing worse than the betrayal of a narcissist. It's, it's shattering to your soul. It's shattering because you trusted them. And, um, you know, but we can rebuild. That's our message here is you got this. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Wasn't that great? I've talked with her before. We've done a couple of interviews, but we're friends and we talk. And this is just such an important lesson for you guys. I had to ask her to come back and teach it to us. There's people that are always coming in the funnel of betrayal. And we need to bring this foremost that there's hope out there. Don't give up on this stuff. Um, so to, to find out more about Debbie, we're going to put all her links down below and please check her out. If you are one of those people that are struggling and maybe you're stuck in stage three and you're just like, okay, this is as good as it gets. That isn't true. So go and look her up, find out the great resources she's got on her site, sign up for her programs, do what you've got to do to get yourself to move to the next level. Betrayal hurts and it sucks, but we don't have to live there forever. It was done to us. It's not us. And we can move past this and go on to live amazing, spiritual, happy lives that nobody's like a narcissist is going to come enter into again. So this is Tracy Malone. Thank you so much for joining me. If you like this video, please like and share. And if you're not subscribed, subscribe to my channel and I will see you again soon. Thank you.